Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On the front lines of Houston sports. Let's go! You're in the trenches with N.D. Kalu. N.D. Kalu. Welcome in. Happy Thursday to everybody out there in Radio Land. I am N.D. Kalu. He is Chris Gordy, Jacob Beck on the other side of the glass, making it happen until 12 noon, talking all things sports. With that special, special emphasis on the number one sport in the history of sports, American football. But that doesn't mean that that's what we're going to start with. How can we not talking about the team that needs a broom? The Houston Astros as they complete the sweep of the Seattle Mariners. And the better news, Justin Verlander. Look, look, it's early, but at his age, coming off an injury that pretty much kept him out for two years, to have the start that he's had this season. He's 3-1 and one with a 1.93 ERA and five starts. I like that. That that gives me uh, confidence that we have the old Justin Verlander. And when I say old, I don't mean his age. I mean the Justin Verlander that everybody wanted, the all-star pitcher. That's encouraging because we always talk about father time being undefeated. And then when you mix in an injury, when you're in your late 30s, I don't care what sport we're talking about, it, it, the the percentages pretty much weigh in the favor of you not coming back from that. And again, I know, I know, I know it's early, but would you rather be sitting here trying to convince ourselves, oh, he's in a rut right now, he's rusty, he has to work his way out of it, or, man, he started off strong. And for me, with the sweep of the Mariners, his one start, Justin Verlander's, that's the brightest spot because you have that ace back. Yeah, that's been one of the the bright spots, brightest spots of this Astros team this year has been seeing Justin Verlander do what he has been able to do. And, um, you know, as a fantasy baseball owner of Justin Verlander, that's been nice. I'm glad I took the gamble on him because he's been so good. But, no, I mean, it, it really is like when we found out Lance McCullers wasn't going to be ready for the season, there was some real panic because it was like, all right, well, we got Framber. We're hoping Urquidy and Luis Garcia can do their thing. But if we're going to be without McCullers for a while, we need Verlander to be Verlander. And I said that before the season. I put him in that category of Tiger Woods and Tom Brady, one of the greats to ever do it. And, you know, he takes care of his body and works harder than anybody. No one's going to outwork Justin Verlander. And that's where, you know, where people are raising a stink. Why is he not around the team? Because he's busting his ass over in Florida, <laughs> getting his ass in shape to get ready to come back from his Tommy John surgery. And you can't argue with it. the guy, the, the time and work that he put in, it is it has paid off. And he looks like vintage Justin Verlander. And yeah, you you said it's early, it's May 5th, but he should absolutely be in the conversation for Cy Young. He, he's among, you know, I'd put him in the top 10 right now. 
That, that's how he's playing. Something else that was encouraging to see. You know, out, yesterday we talked about Alex Bregman being in a slump, but him being a pro's pro, he was going to get out of it. Well, he had three hits yesterday and three RBIs. So it looks like Alex Bregman is not sitting there worried about the slump that he was in. So all around, just a good outing for the Houston Astros. Horrible outing for the Seattle Mariners. Been a tough road trip for them because they've lost their last Suck it. Uh, seven, seven out of nine games. So they are definitely what, struggling. Let me ask you. This and I kind of asked Brian McTaggart about it yesterday, but Detroit Tigers come to town tonight, start a four game series at Minute Maid. AJ, yeah, AJ Hinch is back. Look, he'll he'll get a round of applause again. How long until we kind of turn the page? Like, how many years does he have to be in Detroit before we start to like? All right, to hell with you, AJ. I mean, I guess maybe it's if if they if the Tigers start to get good and they're actually competing with the Astros for the AL pennant like maybe then is when you start to but it it just the question is like how many years does it take to kind of turn the page on being lovey dovey with aj still i don't think ever because he won that when you think about who when you think about coaches and managers to actually lead your local team to winning winning a championship not just making it to the super bowl not just making it to the world series but actually winning it i think they'll forever be loved and with the controversy surrounding it, it galvanized the Houston fan base. It galvanized the the, the Houston supporters when it comes to those guys. They're going to be very protective of them. So, no, I don't think there's ever – he's – now, I don't know how long he's going to be a manager, but he's always going to be given that ovation when he comes to Houston, in my opinion. Well, I'll say this. So, so like um, – Like if Rudy Tomjanovic went to – you know, the Detroit Pistons, let's keep it in the same city. The Detroit Pistons, mm-hmm. after he won this, uh, the NBA Finals with the Rockets, I think every time he steps foot in Houston, there's going to be a huge applause for him. Well, I was going to pose it this way. Mm-hmm. Alex Cora was bluffed. He was on that staff. But it took him going to the Red Sox, where they're actually a, a team that's facing the Astros in the postseason, and, and they're pretty good, and they've beat the Astros a couple times. Like, it's... There's no love loss for him. Like it's kind of the hell with you, Alex Cora. So that's what I'm saying. Like, is it easier with AJ because he's with a crappy team? But like, if the Tigers suddenly start getting good, not probably not this year. They're they're bad again. But like, if they get good next year and they're competing with the Astros for a playoff spot, I think that's where you kind of say, "All right, AJ, look, we love you, but." We're not cheering you anymore. Well, I think that's what they'll even say during this series. They're not going to cheer for him during the series. They're going to cheer when his name is announced before the first pitch. But I get what you're saying. But this is such a different situation than we've seen. When you talk about the championship, the World Series pennant, when you talk about the controversy around it, it just brought everyone together. And it's like, you know what? That's our guy. Like That's our guy. He helped us win it. And now they're trying to say that this victory or this championship is null and void. No, you know, it's going to bring us together to to fight to keep the legacy of that championship. But I get what you're saying. Here's the thing. If he was with... Um, I don't want anybody in the division. I know uh, the Minnesota, the Minnesota, you know, Minnesota's having some success right now mm-hmm. and they're winning. The Houston fan base is going to say, hey, we, you see, he was a good manager. We told you it wasn't about the trash cans. And I think that would still be supportive. But yeah, when, when it comes to, hey, this series here is going to, it's going to be you You lose this series, you win this series, you go on if it's a playoff series. Then it's like, yeah, just like you said, we love you, but we're trying to beat you. So I don't think there's ever going to be a time where he comes to Houston and he's not appreciated. 
Yeah, I, I think he'll be appreciated. I'm just okay. He's not cheered. I okay. think he'll always be cheered. Okay. I, I I don't think if the Astros are playing the Tigers in a wild card game this postseason, there's no cheering for AJ anymore. I think they will before the game. <laughs> who, who's name all the managers who brought a World Series championship to Houston? Yeah, I, it's him. Yeah, that's my point. Well, some, would, some would argue no. <laughs> well, it's but the people, asterisk. the people who would argue no don't live in Houston. Right. They're the ones who go overboard to say, no, there is no asterisk. This We earned it, uh, you know, we being the Houston Astros, and the Houston Astros were the best team when they won it. So, By the, by the way, speaking of AJ, he will be on the Matt Thomas show this afternoon. Oh, nice. That's a good pool. I think 1.30. I need to verify that time. But, yeah, this afternoon. 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock. Yeah, that, that's a good pull. So, uh, no, he, he will al- always be beloved and cheered before, not before the pitch. And, again, he's a manager, so there's no there's no need or no reason to be cheering him during well, an actual game. And the, and the weird thing is, remember last year when they played him, it was kind of early in the season. It was around this time. And they came in here and beat the Astros. And it was like, wait a minute, the Tigers are supposed to suck. Right. Right now, it's kind of the same situation. Tigers stink. Astros need to take care of business. Do you um, – do you think I'm trying to think with what I said? Will who who's the most beloved player? George Springer, Carlos Correa, like that's from the, the World Series. Teams. Yeah, like when when they get at bat, when do they start getting booed? Well, they, it was World funny because what was it last or two weeks ago? I was at Minute Maid. It was that Saturday, I think, or Sunday. George Springer. It was a Saturday because George Springer didn't play in the Friday game and he played in the Saturday game. And they announce him, you know, he's leading off the game. And they say, you know, now batting George Springer. And everybody applauds. Yeah, Lee George. He hits a leadoff home run. It was quickly. <laughs> so, yeah, the minute you start hurting us. And then on the Sunday game, he makes us dive and catch in the outfield off Bregman. That saves a couple runs for the Blue Jays. It's like, the hell with you, George. <laughs> but, but you know what? It's more that buddy-buddy. Yeah. You know, like the heck with you, but with a smile on your face and you're kind of patting them on the back because deep down you feel good for them. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a, I'm like, but yeah, I think you know what I'm saying. All right. The Houston Texans, they have filled their quarterback need. No, they there, have. There is no. They had already filled no, the need. There was no need to add <laughs> Kevin Hogan. There is no reason for us to ever have a quarterback debate here because the Houston Texans what are they doing? have added death. Why? Why not? Because you don't need a guy who's played in the, hadn't played in the league in four years. Has it been four years? Well, I mean, he no, put, he's actually, been on the team. Like played in in regular season games. Well, and let's let people four know. games in in 2016, four games in 2017. For those that don't know, Tennessee Titans with the draft of Malik Willis, they cut Kevin Hogan, and the Houston Texans said, "Up, oh, we'll take him." You know what they're bringing him in for? As a camp body, as a a third quarterback. So nothing to see here. Yes, yeah, so, I don't see why that upsets you. So 2016, 2017, he actually he. Uh, he actually played in games with the Cleveland Browns. He was named the backup to Deshaun Kaiser back in 2017. That's how bad things were going for the Browns. Uh, 2018, he was traded to the Redskins. They were called the Redskins at the time. Then he was waived. Uh, Twenty Later that year, he signed with the Broncos. Then he had a tryout with the Chicago Bears. Twenty uh, Later in 2020, he jumped on with the Bengals. And then last year, he was signed to the Titans practice squad in November of last year. So he he's been like in and out of the league, quick cup of coffee here and there. So I, he's not coming here for any role other than camp body, because yeah, or, you don't want Davis Mills taking all the snaps during training. Yeah, camp. And he's a and fellow Stanford guy, and him and 
Him and Davis can talk about all the great moments at Stanford together. <laughs> and I, I believe I read that he's familiar with Pep Hamilton's system as well. So, they're, again, camp body guy to keep Davis Mills from having to take too many reps. Okay, when you say camp body, is this a guy who's going to be around throughout preseason? Yeah, preseason, but I don't see him making the final roster. The, unless they just want three quarterbacks. The Jeff Driscoll thing is stupid. Like, why is he even here? Dude, leave. Like, we'll, we'll find... I'll go find me an undrafted... Give me any kid who went undrafted this past weekend and didn't sign with a team. I'll take that kid over Davis over Jeff Driscoll. Now, are you talking about... I'm not even trying to be funny, because you, you remember last year, for those that don't know, Jeff Driscoll was moved to tight end. So are you saying you'd rather take an undrafted... Uh, Rookie tight end, like our guy Watermeyer out of no, Texas I will, No, I want a quarterback. I yeah, want a, Jeff Driscoll's not a quarterback anymore. No, he is. They moved him back to oh, quarterback. Oh, they moved him back? Yes. Oh. When we were out at practice last week, we swatched him. It I was the three that. quarterbacks taking reps. was Davis Mills, My bad. Kyle Allen, and Jeff Driscoll. Okay, so that's why they brought in Kevin Hogan, so they can move Driscoll back to his <laughs> yeah, natural my, position. Just stop with all these guys. <laughs> like, this is in. stupid. <laughs> all right, let, let's kick that around more. And something we didn't get to yesterday, speaking of a starting quarterback, I feel like we need to touch on, and that's Ryan Tannehill. Yesterday, everyone talked about his comment saying that he's he, it's not his job to uh, help bring along Malik Willis. But there's more to that story, and I think there's a bigger story within those quotes as well. We'll talk about that and much more in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Welcome in. Welcome back in the trenches on this Thursday. If you want to jump in, 713-212-5790. Spent the last segment giving flowers to Justin Verlander as he looked great in the Houston Astros' big win against the Mariners, capping off a sweep. Also let you know that the Houston Texans signed Kevin Hogan at the quarterback position. Chris brought up the fact that Jeff Driscoll went from quarterback to tight end back to quarterback. Here's where preseason is exciting for someone like me, and I am definitely a football nerd, football geek. Seeing guys like Jeff Driscoll, if he goes back to the tight end position, I hear from current players that I'm still lucky enough to talk to and communicate with. They swear that this dude is a freak of nature athletically, and I've never really been able to see it. And this dude being Jeff Driscoll, like they, there's something like you just don't know. He's so fast, he's strong, he's athletic. And my thought is, if he is that. Why not try to utilize him like a Taysom Hill type uh, wildcat? And look, when I say wildcat in a couple packages, I'm talking about maybe three or four times a game because what that does, not that he's going to give you the type of production that, ooh, because of that wildcat package led by Jeff Driscoll, the Houston Texans won that game. But what it does, it makes your opposing defense have to prepare for it that entire week. And that that's that that's an issue. <laughs> like when you're preparing for something that you may or may not see and you have to spend, uh, I'm not going to sit up here and say hours upon hours, but you have to spend precious time saying, okay, we're not sure if they're going to do this wildcat package, but if they do Joker, you know, that's the outside linebacker who also rushes. You, you have Jeff Driscoll. You're going to mirror Jeff Driscoll and uh, safety on this time. You don't care about the running back. You only care about the tight end. Like that takes away from preparing for the traditional everyday offense you expect to see from that team. Well, he did run a four, five, six in the 40 whenever he was drafted in the NFL in 2016. I mean, that was five years ago or six years ago, however long, but he he is pretty athletic. I mean, I, whenever he played at Florida and Louisiana Tech, he had a pretty good season in Louisiana Tech his, his senior year in college. But 
I mean, I don't see how he is this athletic marvel that that they would try to switch him to play tight end. I don't, I don't understand. And then move him back. Yeah, and then move him back. If he, if he's such an athletic marvel, then why 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 would they keep him at tight end? No, I would say if he's that athletic, keep him at quarterback and utilize him like a Taysom Hill because I love what Sean uh, Payton did with Taysom Hill. When you think about not him being an everyday quarterback, but him being a guy that can just switch it up. Now, look, with the Jeff Driscoll thing, I've never seen it. I'm just saying when players say that. Like, players, they'll they'll say, hey, you know what? Everything you're reading about this guy is it's not what you think. Like, the players were like, man, no, this dude's a freak of nature. And I'm like, Really? Like okay. I, I just want to see it in the preseason. Well, let me tell you, there's a guy that's that went undrafted this past weekend that mm-hmm. just signed an undrafted deal with the New England Patriots. Aaron Wilson's got a story up this morning about how he's going to play a hybrid role in the Patriots offense. That's De'Ara King. Started mm. his career here in Houston. Nice. Why the hell didn't you go pick? Get on the phone with De'Ara King when he doesn't right. get drafted. Be the first ones to say, we want you to come in, an undrafted rookie, come play for your, you know, your hometown Houston Texans. And Jeff Driscoll hit the road, buddy. You're done. We got Kyle Allen's already the backup, so we need a third. Our third-string quarterback, camp body, as you said, needs to be an experimental, maybe there's something here. I know what Jeff Driscoll is. We have enough sample size on him. I know what Kevin Hogan is. We already have enough sample size on them. They stink. I want a guy who might, there might be something there. There might be something in De'Ara King. He could be my developmental quarterback, and if it doesn't work out, you know what? What the Patriots just said this morning, we're going to put him in a hybrid role. We'll give him some designed runs. We'll give him some plays at receiver. We'll find ways to get him involved. That's much more exciting than me going to training camp and going watch Davis Mills go sit on the sidelines because he's got to rest up and watch freaking Jeff Driscoll and Kevin Hogan take reps. It's Can't, a waste of everyone's time. Cannot disagree with that take. Dave, what's going on, Dave? Hey, how we doing? Let's uh let's go. Astros. Come let's on. go. Um what do you guys think looking in the futures as far as uh farm leagues? We've got other rookies coming up, what we have brewing out there, and um, you know, Bregman, Altuve contracts coming up uh, you know, in a few years. What do y'all look at? What do y'all think? What are y'all thoughts on that? So what? what what's going that, on? Uh, they'll pull a Springer. Go ahead. Are you pull another Springer or pull another Correa? Do you think that they're going to go to, or how's that going to look? No, I, I mean I think the the Astros have, it, like with their contracts that they have, they, they've got they just locked up Lance McCullers long term. Bregman Altuve are still wrapped up all of this year, all of next year, and all of the year after. 2025 is when Bregman and Altuve hit, you know, become free agents. Uh, the the big ones you got to worry about right now are, you know, they, and they've talked about it, but given long term contracts to Jordan and Kyle Tucker, you got that room. You know, after this year, you're going to lose Michael Brantley. You're going to use lose Yuli unless you you know unless you want to talk renegotiation with those guys. There, there's going to be some holes starting to open up, but I think you keep your core together. And and what people don't understand when we talk about core, your core shifts. For the last few years, your core was George Springer, Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman. The core shifted a little bit. Springer leaves, Correa leaves. The core now is Altuve, Bregman still, but now it's Tucker and, and Jordan. They, and and Pena's working his way and into Pena that. And Pena will probably you know, work his way. Into and, that core. And the great thing about him is you'll have him for, 
you know, many years here. So, and here's a question: I don't know, you know, I don't know who that next Jeremy Pena is. Back in 2019, when Jeremy Pena was in the minor leagues, I didn't expect him, or I didn't know in 2022 he was going to replace Carlos Correa. And early on, he he was going to look like a, a viable replacement for him. So, the question is: Who are some guys coming up in the farm league? That's probably a Michael Connor question because I or uh, Brian Lalima. I have no idea well, the who big, the next Pena is going to be. Well, the big ones of just like people that that could make their uh, appearance this year. Mm-hmm. Corey Lee is the big catcher that that you know that they're really high on, and of course with the future of Jason Castro and Martin Maldonado will both be you know both probably probably be gone after this year. Corey Lee is the easy one to, to bring up. Uh, and be your full-time catcher moving forward at some point. Hunter Brown is the big arm that's that's down at Sugarland. It's having a nice year, so he's he's a guy you'll see eventually. And then a guy that me and Connor have seen at spring training last year is Pedro Leon. I, I enjoy just watching that guy hitting the cages. Like he's he's got such a natural swing, and you know they project him as as being an outfielder here. And so maybe that's your Michael Brantley replacement next year is Pedro Leon. So they still have talent. Jeff Luno to James Click, they've done a great job of stocking this farm system, but where it's going to take its toll is you didn't have a first, you know, you didn't have the first or second round pick these last two years, uh, because or you know first round pick because of the punishments from the the cheating scandal. Mm. That's going to take its toll because that's where you found the Springers, the Correas, the Bregmans, even McCullers was a compensatory pick, like. Those were all high draft picks that you found that that talent with. And so, yeah, you, you just have to do your due diligence and find those guys better, like the Jeremy Pena's, the guys you can find the third round, fourth round, fifth round. Uh, there's still talent to be had there. It's just not going to be potentially that elite talent that you have with the Springers and the Correa's. 713-212-5790. Monday, our good buddy Monday. How are you doing today, brother? Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing, sir? Been too long. How are you? Oh, yeah, it's been too long. I, sometimes I try to space down and see what the next season has for me because my past season didn't, it didn't go well. So I just took a sabbatical vacation. Before you get started, let me remind everybody, Monday is a great friend of the show who's also a huge Dallas Cowboy fan, but he hates Dak Prescott with a passion, and he believes Dak Prescott <laughs> only gets a pass because he's a black quarterback. Is that right, Monday? Hundred <laughs> percent. So, what do you? What, what's your take today, brother? <laughs> okay, I was gonna grade him last year. I was so upset. I thought it was the problem, but I give him a pass. When you come back from that kind of injury he had, yes, and playing with fear, every human being we have children of emotion. So I give him a pass. But this year is fully healed. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He need to earn that money this year. And also, we all need to give Jerry Jones kudos for what he paid Dak. Because now, all this $238 million guarantee, mm-hmm. I know Dak is regretting. He could have waited one more year. But it's okay. Now, let me tell you why I call. Okay. My brother, Mr. Undu, the one and only. 
I want to ask a question. Who is McCaffrey Jr.? Is he a PhD in NFL draft grading? You, you know what? On the entertainment side, side, Mel Kiper Jr., yeah, I guess he has a PhD because people tend to go to his grades for some reason. Do you know why I asked that question? Why? I'm not naive. I want to know where did he play his football? You, you play the game, you leave the game. If you tell me anything about that game, I take it to the bank. But this Mecca Jr. always talks. See, let me, let me slow down because I, I get excited sometimes. Let me slow down. When they do all this draft, mm-hmm. once you play for Clemson, Notre Dame, Alabama, they already grade you A-plus grade. True. But I'm looking back, my research, my sense of memory, Jerry Rice did not go to Alabama. He was a, I played, no, no, I played the second year and the year against Jerry Rice, Mississippi Valley. Michael Strahan, he went to TSU. He's a Hall of Fame, Jerry Rice Hall of Fame. The late may so rest in peace, Walter Payton Hall of Fame. Why is that they just great teams that draft from Alabama? Oh, let the season start. Mr. Ondo, you know how we say back home, if you haven't eaten the food, don't say the food is too salty until you taste the food. All these guys drafted, they have not played yet. They've not played it down. Let's wait and see. You know what? You know why I'm quiet Monday? Because I agree 100%. When you grade an NFL draft, you have to do what I planned on doing today, Monday. You have to go back three Monday. You have to go back three years. You have to go back three years to see how it played out. Now, I will say this. The grading, the draft, the mock drafts Monday, it's just sports entertainment. Like, like I don't think anybody who truly understands football takes that serious. But it's 100% ridiculous to expect to put a grade three days after the draft. You have Thank to you. wait oh, three this years. This team is A-plus. This team won the draft. Man, the guy have not played yet. <laughs> Just wait. Let him play. I remember Carl Lewis, who is the guy I honor. I met, he's my mentor in track and field. I remember him losing a 200-meter race to Jody Lodge. Nobody thought, thought Jody Lodge was going to win that 200 meters. So things happen. They need to wait. Eat the food before you start telling me the food is spicy or it's too salty. If the food is not eating, please don't say that. It's just like a lady. If a lady is pregnant, wait. Let her have the baby before you buy pink dresses. It could be a boy. You never know. I so, love Mr. I always enjoy listening to you. But, again, yes, I don't like Prescott because I think he's overrated because of he's been a brother. All the brothers speak to defend him. We need to give him a pass because of the injury. This year, oh, my God, Prescott better deliver. He better deliver, brother. God bless you, Undu. God bless you, and thank you for that awesome call. Quick timeout. We need some more calls like that. In the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Welcome in. Welcome back. Larry and Stafford might have some competition. Monday's call spurred quite a few texts saying he is the best caller ever. Larry and Stafford, next time you call, you have a tough act to follow, and no tougher act to follow than Greg Cook joining us. What's going on, Uncle Greg? Greg and Katie. I'm <laughs> Greg and Katie. Greg, <laughs> Greg and Katie joining us. And you know, Monday's true. I'm so sick of like Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes <laughs> getting passes because they're black quarterbacks. Just give them a free reign, you know. Don't worry about their athleticism or anything like that. I'm sick of hearing this stuff. Monday, good to bring this to life. Racist NFL. <laughs> what else you got? Speaking of the NFL, what would you think about the Houston Texan draft? 
I like the draft. I like the draft. The only concern I had, and I put it on Twitter, is that Stingley having that Liz Frank. You know, when you're taking a guy third, I, I'm sure that if they did their due diligence, they're doctors, but there's all kind of Liz Frank injuries. I mean, there's some that just go in a walking boot. There's some that you have to have surgery, but if you have to have surgery, the problem is you develop arthritis where you had that injury. So is he going to be that lockdown guy? Is he going to remain healthy? Because Houston athletes and their feet, we haven't had a good history with that. So other than that, I, I thought Green was picked a little high, but I like the pick. What do you do with him? Because I keep referencing you now that I have you on the phone. With Kenyon Green, his versatility, do you just put him at guard, leave him at guard, or? Yeah. Okay. Put him at guard and leave him there. Got you. Make him, make him the best. And then I just wanted to call him. I missed hearing Monday's voice. It's good to hear him again. It's always great to hear you, and it's great to hear Monday. Don't be a stranger. We'll get our draft stuff organized. I know last time we tried to uh, organize a mock draft. It, it didn't work out, but we definitely got to get that organized so we can do it like we did in the past. Sounds good, brother. Y'all have a good weekend. You too. That's Greg and Katie. No, I don't like the way that sounds. That's Uncle Greg. The uh, Uncle Yeah, when, Greg. He, when he, he called in, and I, I haven't memorized his number, and so he called in, and he said he's Greg. And I said, <laughs> where are you calling from, Katie? And, and I could tell. I was like, wait a second. This is not. Uh, this is definitely Greg Cook. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, uh, it's funny. I, wanted, I meant to ask him if he was upset we didn't draft any Arkansas guys because we took somebody from almost every other SEC team in this draft, just didn't, uh, didn't have any Razorbacks. Before we go to our, because y'all are both younger than I am, and, I, and I'm still wrapping my mind around this whole putting your personal thoughts and feelings on a social platform. Oh, Big Sarge does it all the time. You can ask him about oh, it. Oh, most people. I, I think I'm now in the minority. but <laughs> Thinking I'm going to have chicken for lunch. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so. Like, what? Titus How tweet that? Titus Howard, your starting right tackle for the Houston Texans. Maybe. He's penciled he, in. He, he tweeted. Why do people literally have road rage? This guy was mad he couldn't pass me, and he literally tried to run me over the road multiple times. Like, it's ridiculous. I was definitely prepared to protect myself at all costs. So, Damn. basically, he's saying, I had my gun. I was ready to shoot him. But, like, to me, if that happened to me, I'm calling one of my homeboys. Like, AT, hey, guess what happened? Right. Or, Tony, guess what happened? Big Jermaine, like, man, it's crazy this happened. I, I really don't get, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, why like why you'll go to that i know he has friends i know he has a wife like isn't that something you like if it happened to you would you think to call your beautiful wife man guess what babe like some idiot almost ran me off the road yeah i'm probably not or, tweeting it. or to just go to and there's nothing there isn't anything wrong with it it just it seems unnatural Well, what he should have done was taken the phone out and filmed the guy and and then tweet that out and show what an ass he was. No, just hit your brakes and let the <laughs> idiot move on his day. I want to see the video. The thing I don't like about this though is Larry Tunsil responds and goes, "Don't leave without the Glocky for real, <laughs> guys. Don't care. Maybe we should I be mean, talking about that on Twitter. Well, I'm just I didn't like, see that. and I'm sure you know we're in a we're in a uh, what do you call it the a carry state. You know you could do oh, that. This is Texas, but. Yeah. Come on, guys. I don't want my Texans players shooting people and over road rage. It ain't that serious. Wow. But I, I just don't know why why you tweet that. Get a drive. I don't know. If I if I was No, I, you don't need I, to get a driver. Yes, if, any, I, if I make no. Laramie Tunsil money, I ain't driving anywhere. I'm having somebody drive me everywhere. People enjoy driving, especially the type of cars some of these guys can afford. 
Not yeah, yeah. I'll, I would say, I'll have a car and I'll drive occasionally, but for the most part, I'd have a driver everywhere. No, you wouldn't. Why not? Why? You don't know where your day's going to take you. So you're talking about literally no, having I know somebody. Where this guy's going to take me. He's going to drive me everywhere. So he he meets you at your house at what seven in the morning? Sure. What if you What if you wake up early one day? Like you know what? I want to go get an early workout in. Does he live with you? Lives nearby. Yeah. So you just call him, Garcon. I, I want to go to work out. So come pick me up. Probably won't have Pierre Garcon drive me around, but I'll have somebody else. No, you need a driver when you know you're about to go get go out and have a couple pops. Then you get a oh, driver, definitely. but not daily. Sure. No. If, if, if I made Laramie Tunsil money, I'm having a driver drive me around everywhere. If the late, great Bob McNair can drive himself to work every day like he did. Well, that's stupid. He shouldn't have been driving. He, was dri- he had a nice little G-Wagon. I remember I told him, uh, why don't you put some rims on that? He's like, what are what are rims? Like, I have rims. And I was like, no, why don't you put some custom rims? And like he was so confused. I was like, you know what? That's the mind of a billionaire. Why the hell would I spend... $10,000 on wheels when the wheels on this Mercedes G-Wagon are perfect. You know, his, his last few years here, Daryl Morey didn't drive anywhere because he was always on the phone and he had multiple phones. It was always working deals and all this. He, I think he was Ubering everywhere. I have a buddy who that's all he, I have a buddy who his, he's in his forties. He retired. So you do the math on the money that he's made mm-hmm. and he sold his cars and all he does is Uber everywhere. But like, it, wouldn't it be more cost effective to find somebody paying fifty k a year and you're my personal driver? I would think so. I think some people they they'll feel like that's pretentious. Like they they would feel uncomfortable. I just I it, I don't know why. It just that made me that rubbed me the wrong way when I see Titus Howard say, and it's not his fault. Like it was another guy having road rage towards him, but him saying I was prepared to protect myself, and then Tunsil saying always leave you know don't leave without the Glocky. And he spelled it G-L-O-C-K-I-E-E. Yeah, it's a little cute name. We all have cute names for our guns. I don't want my Texas players shooting anybody. I call mine Pop Pop. <laughs> have have a driver, and that driver can have a gun. And so there, then if something happens, the driver's shooting at them, not no. the, not the multi-millionaire. And who gets sued? What, what does it say? Laramie Tunsil's driver shoots a road rage, and Laramie Tunsil's the one who gets sued. Well, either way, if he, I'd just would rather not be the, the player pulling the trigger All right. on anything. Ryan Tannehill had to get professional therapy after the playoff game. That is not a joke. We'll talk about that and much more in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Welcome in. Welcome back in the trenches. Chris, my homeboy Leslie said it's the Second Amendment, so let the players protect themselves. And I'm saying pay somebody to protect them and pull the trigger if need be. Well, we also need protection from mental illness. And this story came out yesterday. I'll let you introduce it because I'm not quite sure which way you want to go. I was surprised with the Ryan Tannehill story that... I don't want to use the word broke because I felt like they tried to make a mountain out of molehill. But we all know now Ryan Tannehill did mention and use the phrase, it's not my job in regards to helping bring along Malik Willis. But in that same interview, the same article that I read, it talked about how he had to have professional therapy after the game where they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals and he threw three interceptions. 
Like when I read that part of the article, that's when I got intrigued. That's when my eyes kind of widened and I dug deeper into the into the article. But I want you to get your point that you wanted to get to because I'm not quite sure uh, where you were going with it, with the job description or the fact that he had to get therapy. Yeah, I, I don't want to be respectful. I mean, you know, he says on the loss, he said it's a deep scar. Every time I close my eyes, I kind of rewatch the game. I didn't get a whole lot of sleep for weeks. I was in a dark place. And it took me a while and a lot of work to get out of it. I've worked through it, but therapy, talking to people, time helped. It took a lot of work to get through it. I get all that, man. But at the end of the day, we're talking about football game. And we're talking about you're, you're in a position, you're on a team that's getting to the playoffs every year and as a potential Super Bowl contender. I'm sorry, the job calls for pressure. The job calls for it. it it's what it, it is what it is. You don't want this? Go play for, uh, I don't know, the, the Detroit Lions. There won't be any pressure on you to win with the Lions. See, but you're saying it as if he was, it was a woe is me, cry for me, feel bad for me. I think he was just making mention that it means that much to him. I'm surprised that's your reaction because a lot of fans, they get upset when James Harden is supposedly at the club after a loss. Right. They want them to be sitting and sulking in a dark room. Now you have a quarterback who had a bad game against a team that they feel like they should have beaten and moved on into the playoffs. So you have a quarterback who took his job so serious that he had to get professional help. So, And I know you, Chris Gordy, don't represent all fans, but when we hear about James Harden, ooh, James Harden, he was seen having dinner after a loss. He doesn't care. And now you go to the other extreme where you okay. have a guy like Ryan Tannehill, like, man, that loss bothered me so much. I actually had to get professional help. And you're kind of well, let me not you know, put it on, that. Let me not put it on Tannehill. Let me put it on the Titans. Mm -hmm. We're sorry we believed in you and paid you enough money to think that no. this was this you you but were the way you're saying, Like I don't get what your point. Even with your tone, you're saying like, well, we're like he didn't say he <laughs> oh, didn't. Okay. He's not asking for anything. He he's throws, say, he's if, saying, hold on. He's saying unless I'm reading it wrong. He's saying it bothered me so much I can't get past it, so I need help. And your reaction is like, oh, well, if it's that big of a deal, you shouldn't be here. It just sounds like a, a, it sounds like an excuse. I had my worst game of the year in the playoff game where it mattered most. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, man, I needed therapy. I was in a dark place. Okay, what if you what if you threw three touchdowns, you performed well, and the team still lost? Is he still in that deep, dark place? No, absolutely not. Okay, well, I, I just, like, it, to me, it's, I, th I don't think Tannehill is good enough to win the, a Super Bowl with the Titans. But it's not an excuse. It, it was him talking about his reaction to the loss. Excuse would have been, oh, I didn't tell anybody, but I was hurt that game. Like, to me, he's opening up about his his reaction to the loss. I, I Put it this way. I'm taking this. This story came out mm -hmm. the same day, the story, and we're going to hear the audio in a second, where he makes the comment that I'm not here to mentor Malik Willis. <laughs> right. So I'm like, what are you here for? Because you ain't good enough to win the playoffs, and you don't want to mentor the rookie? Why are we paying you? You stink. So, again, that's that's where I am with the Tannehill. You know what's funny? Not too long ago, I was the one, when you would talk about Tannehill winning games, I would say, no, it, he was on a team that won, and they have the best running back in the game in Derrick Henry. And you you would bring up his stats and you would bring up his efficiency. He tricked us. And not, he tricked us no, that one tricked, year. He tricked you. 2020, <laughs> he threw for 3,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. He tricked me into thinking he was good. Yeah, don't don't put me in it. He tricked you. All right, let, let's hear the audio uh, that you're referencing. We're competing against each other. We're uh, you know watching the same tape. We're, we're doing the same drills. I don't think it's my job to mentor him, but you know if he learns learns from me along the way, then then that's a great thing. 
there is absolutely nothing wrong with that statement. Okay, I've seen several NFL players tweet and say, "Nah, man, we're all in this together. You're not you're not supposed to draw a line in the sand. This is a brotherhood. We're on a team together. We're here to help each other, no matter who's starting, who's not." You know, if I hey, if I'm the if I'm the starter and I go down the backup, hey man, I'm rooting you on and I'm cheering for you. Did he say he wouldn't do that? He just said it's not his job. Let, let, let's play it again because I will say this: when I read it, I was like, "Ooh, that, that's a bad look." When I heard it, and I don't know why, maybe it's me, maybe I'm too simple minded, but when I read it, it, it felt worse than when I heard it. We're competing against each other. We're uh, you know watching the same tape. We're, we're doing the same drills. I don't think it's my job to mentor him, but you know, if he learns learns from me along the way, then then that's a great thing. I, I no cap, as us youngsters like to say, no lies detected with that statement. Well, let me let me flip it this way. My guy Chase Daniel, been a career backup mostly. Mm-hmm. He is in San Diego. Okay. If they ask Chase Daniel, hey, uh, you know, are you if Justin Herbert needs help? Hey, absolutely. I'm here to help Justin Herbert any way I can. Offer any advice, any tips, any tips. I'll absolutely help him out. What's the difference? He's the backup, so it's it's okay when it's the backup, but if I'm the starter, I can't help the kid behind me? But he that's, that's, that's my point. He's not saying he won't do it, but it's not my job. It's not my job to say, hey, Malik, after practice, uh, let's spend an extra 45 minutes watching film like Bruce Smith did with me, and I'm forever grateful for that. Right. It's just, and you know what? It wasn't Bruce Smith's job. It wasn't Bruce Smith's job to say, hey, Rook, um, after practice and after film session, stick around for 30 minutes. I want to show you something. I like, feel like. With Ryan Tannehill. Now, here's where it would be a problem, in my opinion. If Malik Willis said, hey, on this play, you know, who should I be reading? Should I be reading the safety on the strong side or the weak side? And Tannehill's like, I'm not going to tell you that. That's going to give you an advantage. No, I think Tannehill would absolutely be like, okay, this is your read progression on this play. I feel like this year I'm paying Ryan Tannehill $29 million, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's a turning of the page. I, feel, I mean, and this happens with every franchise. It happens all the time. We took Malik Willis. We are starting to turn that page. I've already I've licked my thumb. I'm ready to turn that page. Ryan Tannehill, look, the writing's on the wall, bud. We're paying you the $20 million. Part of that $20 million is, yes, we'd like you to go perform on the field, mm-hmm. but it also gets to a point where that money is also kind of starting to Hey, anything you can do with that money we're paying you to help train our other guy would be really helpful because he's the next, he's the heir apparent now. Malik Willis is going to be the starter. May happen this year. Malik Willis may take over for him. I understand he says that's not, you know, it's almost like the owner should kind of sit down with him. No, we kind of are. That money we're paying you, we'd like you to kind of help out Malik Willis. No, they paid him that money to play on the football field and they paid Todd Downing over a million dollars to coach up the offensive players, to coach up the quarterback. We're going to keep this rolling. Quick timeout in the trenches. John, Jay, Michael, we see you there only on Sports Talk 790. You're in the trenches. Stand up, get your hands up. With N.D. Kalu. N.D. Kalu. Welcome in, welcome back in the trenches. One hour down, one hour to go. Always having fun in the trenches. If you want to join that fun, 713-212-5790. The great Broderick Thomas, just a good dude. Uh, I mean, for those who don't know, just a beast. Uh, around the football community, just known as a beast. Uh, went to Madison High School, then went to Nebraska, then played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He sends a lot of former players you know, some uplifting videos, quotes, and scriptures. 
He sent me a video on Sterling Sharp, Shannon Sharp's brother, wide receiver. Like when I tell you Sterling Sharp, you're probably thinking, oh yeah, pretty good wide receiver, career cut short due to injuries. I watched him in his prime when I was young. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No and I forgot until I watched the video that Broderick Thomas sent me yesterday. That dude is a beast. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll probably talk about this later. Like, there's. He needs to really be up for Hall of Fame uh, consideration because Sterling Sharp was only second to Jerry Rice. But let's get back to the topic at hand. I just wanted to throw that out there and shout out to Broderick Thomas. 713-212-5790. John wants to talk a little Tannehill. What's up, John? Yeah, man. Uh, uh, Sterling Sharp, I watched him play. Yeah, he was a beast, man. He was one of my favorite receivers. That boy right there, you could not stop him. You couldn't do nothing with him. But look, what I want to say about uh, Tannehill, look, man, uh, when Tannehill lost that uh, playoff game to the Bengals, I think called the post-game show after that, I didn't like his interview. I didn't like what he said because he did not really take blame personally for that loss. All those terrible interceptions he's doing there. You all might want to play that that audio right there. I thought most great quarterbacks, most quarterbacks, period, that throw that many interception in a playoff game, it's going to take personal responsibility for it. I just, I, I didn't like it. It smelled bad. And now on top of that, this is why they went and drafted this little young quarterback because you suck. And now you want to sit up here and, and talk this noise about uh, you're not going to teach him this and that. Well, you're not helping yourself with the organization, man, because they already pissed off at you. They paid you all that money, and you sucked in the doggone game. So I just think, yeah, he can say that he's not going to teach a guy. I mean, we heard that Brett Favre did the same thing, but Brett Favre won. But the thing about it is, is that I just think it's a bad time for Tammy Hill to even be throwing something like that out there because he's not – helping itself with the organization. Something like that, uh, make an organization say, we know we paid you a lot of money, but you don't give us trouble. We're going to find a way to run you up out of here. What you- All right, appreciate that. What, what I, I cut you a little early. You were about to say, what do I think about that? You, Chris, and the people who are responding like y'all, y'all are tough. Y'all are, y'all are hard on guys. Like When I read the article, and keep in mind I read it, then I listened to the video today for the first time, my thought was like, you know what? Good for Tannehill for opening up about, uh, you know, his mental issue and the fact that he had to seek professional help after a horrible loss. And y'all are just raking him through the coals. Like I, I, don't, I don't get y'all's reaction. Because I saw some some people kind of tweeted the same thing. At you. Maybe maybe this has more to do with me coming from growing up poor. Mm-hmm. When I see someone who's rich, who you know has all the money in the world, and then says like. Oh, you know, I didn't perform. Oh, I have, you know, whether it's mental health or whatever. I don't know. I The sympathy is disconnected a little bit there. If this were a rookie on a rookie deal, rookie minimum, and he goes out there and he drops the game-winning catch in a, in a playoff game and he's down about it and talks about being in a dark place, 
I sympathize more with that guy than one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL who performed like crap in a, in a playoff loss. And then, but I'm sure it feels that. like he wants sympathy for it, that. No, like I see, I, right or I wrong, I'm that's saying what, that's no, what's no, no, perceived. but I'm surprised that that's your take because I know you're a huge fan of sports, and I thought most fans. Want the players to take the game so serious that if they have a, a such a, a bad game like that, they want them to be down. They want them to be depressed. And for him to say he didn't offer up any excuses, he just said, "Man, I was in a dark place after I threw three interceptions. Like it bothered me so much, I couldn't get over it after a week." I'm just surprised that that was your take. And money doesn't have anything to do with that. Like these guys, I they're used to the, the money. The they want to win. The perception feels though like, like. Where I come from, mm -hmm. we every day was a constant struggle because you're trying to figure out how I'm going to pay the next bit. Like money issues are your main concerns. I'm in a dark place every day because of money problems because I don't have it. So when somebody is rich and you making 29 million a year, all your money issues and everything are out the window. It's fewer things to focus on. To you Look, know Chris, what I mean? Life is a sea of issues, and money's just one of them. People have issues with relationships. People have issues with, oh, their, it, yeah. with their physical health. People have issues with the, did I already say relationships that they have with other people and, and themselves? Like, there, there are, uh, I'm not saying that money issues aren't a big deal, but there are other issues in life with money. If not, every rich person would be happy. Most rich people are miserable. Like, if, if you sit there and talk to them and, Keep in mind, because I saw this on Netflix, they did a series on the people who won uh, uh, the lotto. Right. They all end up broke, depressed, oh, and yeah. the suicide rate. So just because someone has money doesn't mean that they're going to be happy-go-lucky. I guess the other two Mo thing is, too. When hold on, hold on. I'm about to do another <laughs> one. Money can't buy happiness. I yeah, just that's, made that that's up. Already, that's a, that's a T-shirt. That's already out there. No way. <laughs> yes, Y'all always try to steal my thunder. That has been there for like 100 years. Jacob, write that down. It, Money cannot buy happiness. The other thing, too, I guess, like if I'm – like there are a lot of people who are season ticket holders to NFL games who are paycheck to paycheck people who call their workers. <laughs> Majority are – and some probably can't even afford therapy. Brian Tannehill has the luxury. He can afford therapy. So him – you know, I've worked through it, uh, through therapy, talking with people, and time has helped. I don't know. I, like, I, don't, I don't know why, why is that bothering I, you? I don't know why I don't feel sympathetic to. I don't know. I don't, Maybe I don't think he wants you to. I think feel. it's just because it's Tannehill. I think it was some, if it was somebody else, I would feel sympathy. If Lamar Jackson came out and said, "Yeah, the injury in and out last year, man, I was in a dark place." I don't know. I would sympathize with Lamar why? Jackson. Why? He makes a lot of money. Yeah. Maybe it's not the money thing then. Maybe it's just he's like he's still young and he's still. I, I, Tannehill's been in this league long enough. He knows what it is. You know what I mean? But he's You're not asking for anything. Like I, if he was That's asking enough. for something, then I would say, okay, I kind of see your point, Chris. He's just letting you know I was in a dark. If anything, right. I, I think he did a, a great thing because there are guys out there who don't know how to handle depression. They don't. They feel like they're weak. They're less of a man. If this big, strong, six five, two hundred thirty pound, strapping NFL player is saying, "Hey." Despite the fact that I have a beautiful wife, despite the fact that I make millions of dollars, when I messed up, it bothered me so much. I had to get professional help. That's actually a good thing. So the construction worker who may have dropped a brick on a supervisor's head and he's in a funk, he can say, you know what? That bothered me and it's bothering Ryan you, Tannehill as you well. You may end up changing my mind. I just, I, heavy, heavy is the crown. What's the saying of, you know, like you, you, the, 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 
the Titans I mean, is the head that wears the crown. Yeah, the the Titans handpicked you to be the face of this, you know, the the quarterback of this franchise. It's going to get them to a Super Bowl, and they're compensating you well. And you went out there and you crapped the bed. And he admitted that. That that's why he needed help because he crapped the bed, like you said. Yeah, I don't think that Ryan Tannehill <laughs> is. I don't think that he is saying these things in hopes that people will say, "Oh, well, now now that he said that, I'm I'm." I'm not going to be upset that he played so badly in the playoff game. I don't think that's the reason. I think he is simply saying that because that's what happened to him, and that's. But, uh, but then again, I'm taking this in context with him saying, "I'm not here to, I'm not here to coach up Malik Willis or or whatever the quote was." Like, I, again, like if I'm a Titan, guess what? It's going to get worse because Titans fans today are all going out to buy Malik Willis jerseys. So it ain't getting better, Ryan. Like you better step your game up. Let me let me ask you this. If they talked to Ryan Tannehill about that loss to the Cincinnati Bengals where he threw three interceptions, mm-hmm. and, and again, we just mentioned he talked about being in such a dark place, he needed professional help. If they brought that game up to him and he was all, man, I forgot about that before I even got home from the game, which one would make you feel worse? Or which I'd, one would I'd say you? he turned the page. Good. He's 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 doing what the twenty nine <laughs> the twenty million dollar quarterback should do. Turn the page. It's a new year, and I'm going to be better. Uh, this he year. would get crushed if that was his attitude. He would get crushed. Jay, what's up, Jay? Hey, good morning, brother. How you doing, man? Good morning. How you doing? Doing great, man. I'm I'm really uh, mildly shocked at some of these responses concerning Ryan Tannehill. First of all, you know there's this gross misconception in professional sports that just because you give somebody a marketable, a market-driven contract, no matter how many millions it may be, that that some way changes them from being something more and greater than human. Think about this. The only reason we're talking about this Ryan Tannehill issue with the counseling is because he talked about it. He mentioned it. If he had never disclosed it, which he didn't have to do, we wouldn't be talking about it. I think the fact that he is talking about it suggests to me that he has got some healing from that situation, and yes, he had to deal with it. But get this, if you give a guy $29 million and he already has human issues, dysfunctions, problems, just like we all do, nothing changes. He's just a guy with $29 million and the same issues and problems that we all deal with. I think it's grossly unfair to place that kind of expectation on someone just because you've given them a lot of money. That doesn't give them the ability to walk on water. The second thing, relative to Malik Willis, I don't think what he was saying that he didn't want to help this guy. I think what he was saying is that he did not want to be a designated mentor. That's not in his contract. It's not in his job description. He doesn't have to do it. But I believe, and I would be, I would be shocked to believe if Malik Willis didn't come to him and say, "Hey, man, can you help me out with this? Hey, man, can you show me this coverage? Hey, can you show me what you saw on this play?" I would, I would be hard pressed to believe that Ryan Tannehill would not help this guy. I think that's part of camaraderie, that's part of teamwork. But I'm just saying, he just doesn't want to be a designated mentor where he's responsible for pulling this guy up to where he needs to be. But I think if Malik Willis goes to him and say, help me out, hey, I think he's going to respond in kind. But, man, I hear some of these comments, and I guess this is the deal. If you haven't faced some of this stuff, 
And if you don't understand the context of it, I will say one thing to anybody. You keep on living because in this life, you never know what you're going to have to face, whether you got a $20 million contract or whether you broke. Y'all have a good day, brother. All right, well said. Quick timeout. We'll stick around. We'll get you in in the trenches only on Sports Talk 790. Welcome in, welcome back in the trenches on this. What day is it? Oh, Cinco Thursday. de Mayo. Oh, yeah. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Are you going to eat some uh, food today to celebrate? Am I going to eat some food to celebrate? No, I'm going to eat some food to survive, Well, Chris. there's a debate going, you know, do you eat Tex-Mex? It's Tex-Mex. Cinco de Mayo has become a, an Americanized thing. Like, every Mexican restaurant in, in town or across the country is going to be Cinco de Mayo, margarita specials. You know, like, it's it's, it's an excuse to tell America, hey, come eat at our Mexican restaurant today. You know, what, Or it's an excuse for Americans to drink margaritas and say, yeah, happy Cinco de Mayo. It's just a way to make money. You, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go. I like to go against the grain. That was. Hold on. Let me make sure. Seventh grade history. They defeated France. I'm going to eat some French fries. Hey, there you go. It, it was for. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't, for some. Yeah. I'm going I'm to eat some French fries in, in a, for the upset in the, victory in over the battle France. of. Um, fill in the blank. Pueblo, Pueblo, you got, you got, you basically got it. Yeah, yeah. Pat Neff, Pat Neff Middle School. There you go. Look, I didn't know why Miss Garza was teaching us this, but it came hey, in at handy. Least, at least we're hitting on the real what Cinco de Mayo is. Yeah. Look, when you grow up in San Antonio, you you're gonna learn. It's you know it's become like the uh, what do you call it the stereotype like stereotype of Easter. Yeah, bunnies and eggs. Yeah. Oh, the, the whole resurrection thing. Nah, bunnies and eggs. Christmas. Yeah, Santa and gifts. How do you get bunnies out of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? <laughs> I don't know. Like, seriously, I'm not even trying but, to be But, like, Cinco de Mayo is the same thing. It's, we going to get margaritas today? We're going to order some Tex-Mex tonight? What does that have, like, what does that have to do with We're Cinco always, de Mayo? Look, we'll always look for an excuse to drink. Yeah, that's always. true. Titan Rick, I know you were drinking after that draft. What's going on, brother? Hey, man, what's going on? Yeah, I've been drinking some good Kool-Aid. Titan Kool-Aid. <laughs> look, as a Titan fan... I'm all for a little insight on the Ryan Tannehill thing. The man is 0-3 in his last three playoff games. He won the first two he played, and it was off the back of the defense and Derrick Henry. He had a 107-yard game, a 127-yard game, and he lost to the Chiefs. Then he got beat up by the Ravens at home, not last year, but year before. And then as a number one seed, you start the game off, the first play of the game, you throw an interception. Tannehill is not the guy. He's had three opportunities to succeed, and he's failed each time spectacularly. So they went and got Malik Willis, and I don't know if you guys seen the SportsIllustrated.com article where they said they was trying to get Deshaun Watson, which the Texans said we weren't going to trade him in a division, which is understandable. They were trying to get Aaron Rodgers. So it's not like they're sold on Tannehill. Tannehill came in after Mariota could not get a playoff team to the playoffs. He came in on a one- or two-year deal. He just he worked the system like, like Kirk Cousins, and he ended up getting $100 million 
contract because he delivered the playoffs to a playoff star fan base. Now it's time to make, take the next step, and he's incapable of doing it. So I really don't want Tannehill to mentor Malik Willis anyway because what is he going to teach him? How to fail? How to throw three interceptions in a big game? I mean, it is what it is, and we've seen, we seen glimpses of this last year when he played the Jets and threw three picks. He played the Texans and threw three picks at home before he did it in the playoffs. Here's what it is, a, medi- uh, a mediocre contract, I mean, co- a quarterback that got a high-dollar contract that he's not deserved and he hasn't earned. He's just showing you more of why he wasn't worth the $120 million in the first place. And, uh, you know, as a Titan fan, the best thing we can do is I told you guys last week when we drafted him, by midseason, Tannehill should be sitting on the bench. And I'll take my lumps. I'll take missing the playoffs this year to have my quarterback in the future because those guys last 15 years, indeed. And that's how, that's that's the that's the nature of the beast. And I'm going to hang up and listen, fellas. All right. Uh, really not much there because I think this is beyond, uh, you know, a Titan discussion. This was more whether or not a quarterback who's being paid to help your team win games, to help lead your team to the promised land should help a up-and-coming youngster who appears to be replacing you in the near future and mental health health awareness. I, I feel like those are the two topics. So, yeah, we, we all know where Ryan Tannehill failed as a, as a Tennessee Titan quarterback with the expectations, especially when you're getting paid $29 million per year. So, yeah, I feel like this this was beyond just uh, a Tennessee Titans take. Reggie, what you got, Reggie? Hey, guys, how you doing? Hey, uh, t- uh, Titan Rick, he pretty much nailed what I was going to say. And, um, you know, it's always good here when he articulates himself and the issues going on with the Titans. But I'm going to say this with it, in addition to uh, a previous caller before Titan Rick. Man, we always have to try to – Make people. No one said Ryan Tannehill wasn't human. You know, Andy. I come out of an industry where I could tell you what mental illness and health. Well, you don't even have to question the people. But you know, the thing is about him is that it's an arrogance thing. You always have to lead by example. You can't raise your children to be something that you're not. You have to when you playing sports. You know, you have just like you to best example we could have as callers, Andy. You said it the other day. You love helping other men develop their skill playing football, correct? As on the D-line. Yes. So what difference does it make if he's the starting quarterback or what? That's what you're supposed to do, help people learn the craft. And that's uh, my uh, take on the day because it just upsets me that people are always trying to put mental illness on side of what Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Things that aren't mental illness. It's just an arrogant person just uh, kind of stuck on themselves. He threw in three interceptions when a 
defense balled them balled out and you threw three interceptions, you feel like you're responsible for it. No, it's a team game, so don't take it that personal. And lastly, Andy, uh, I get those same uh, messages from BT, man. He's been sending them to me for years. And I've told you guys in the past that Sterling Sharp was a beast and Deion Sanders is the best uh, example to tell you because he would tear him up every time they played. I hang up the list. I appreciate it. And look, I, I knew and I remember Sterling Sharp being the beast, but unfortunately with time, we tend to forget. So when I received that video showing his highlights and just talking about his career, I was like, it just reminded me how great of a player uh, he was. 713-212-5790. Uh, I just want to read a couple tweets that we got from some listeners. DJ said, uh, sounds like Tannehill's taking the Brett Favre approach, but he has no Brett Favre. Uh, the thing I brought up to you off the air, I said, you know what would have been a lot easier for him to say? Yeah, look, as the leader of this football team, I'm willing to help out any of the young guys that have questions and all that. The the problem is, he, you know, we're, we're getting a debate on what he said and what he didn't say. RG3 tweeted this out. He said, it's not in Tannehill's job description to mentor Malik Willis, but as the quarterback of the team, it's your job to lead everybody. Saying you won't help a young player adds unneeded tension to the locker room. Now, you said, well, he didn't say he wouldn't help him. Right, but it's implied when you say, I'm not here to mentor him, you're putting up a, a wall. You're drawing a line in the sand saying, that's not part of my job description. No, as a leader of your team, you're the, the leader's supposed to do whatever it takes to help this team win. Whether it's offering advice to a young guy, whether it's doing this or that. Th that's what the leaders, leaders lead. Leaders don't say this is not in my job description. When they go out to mini camp, training camp, and the team sees Tannehill interacting with Malik Willis, they're going to forget about this statement. Sure. Like, like I get what RG3 is trying to say. And look, he's doing a great job in the media on ESPN. So he has to say certain things uh, to keep himself out there and keep his name out there. There is nothing to see here, as they like to say, because I, I, I would bet, I'm not going to guarantee, I would bet in the quarterback room. That's a very intimate room, the quarterback room. So for most of those who don't know, you have team meetings where you have the entire team. Then you break up and you have offensive meeting, defensive meeting, where it's just the offensive players, defensive players. So a little bit less people. Then after that, you go to your position group meetings. In that quarterback room, that's one of the most intimate rooms because there's typically no more than five total guys, including the coaches, in that room. And they're going to be talking, interacting. They're, they're probably going to even become friends, if not just friendly. So my point is the well, team will see that. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> the team will see that, and I, I just don't see that there's going to be that tension because of this statement that let was made. Let me give you a few more. LaShawn McCoy tweeted, if you don't want a mentor, I get it, but don't call yourself a good teammate. If anything happens to you and he needs to replace you, let's pray he's prepared and ready. Winning is the only stat that matters if you're a good teammate. Kurt Warner says, I will never under understand the – I'm not here to mentor the next guy mentality. So far, all you young quarterbacks that need a mentor, or he said, for all those young quarterbacks that need a mentor, DM me. I'll be that guy. Happy to help any way I can. Ryan Clark. I see Ryan Tannehill is on his not-my-job-to-mentor energy. It's not, but, man, it makes you a good teammate. You can win without your quarterback being, being a good teammate, but it's better for the team if he is. What a leader. Guess the Steelers' DBs had it all wrong, taking time with the rookies. And I just got a text from Brett Favre. He said, you damn skippy, Ryan Tannehill. That is not your job description. But again, that's what the, this the guy said. Like, he's not Brett Favre. Brett Favre was still slinging it, winning games, getting the, the Vikings, to, you know, taking them on deep playoff runs. 
But in his mind, he's still the starting oh, the quarterback. Packers, rather. Yeah, he's still the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Quick timeout if you want to jump in. 713-212-5790 in the trenches. Only on Sports Talk 790. Welcome in. Welcome back on this Thursday. If you want to jump in, 713-212-5790. Let's go back out to the phone lines and bring in Ronald. What's up, Ronald? How you doing today, man? I'm good. How are you, brother? Uh, all right. Hey, man, I want to hit you with a couple of things, man. The first thing is, is on Sterling Sharp, man. I can remember growing up, he's, he's one of the first receivers I can actually remember running over people. And that's that's my memory of him. Mm-hmm. He used to just run right over people. Like I said, I'm sure he's not the first one, but I'm, he's the first one I can remember. And I want to hit you on something real quick on the NBA and on the NFL. Man, uh, as far as these, like, breakaway, like these going, guys going up for dunks and stuff, man, I just feel like players should just let those guys have those layups, man. And they should maybe penalize them a little more, maybe four free throws and, you know, automatic ejection because I, I see that – you know, man, it, it happens too often. I, you know, and I like to. I just feel like they should let them go. And on another, thing, are you are you yeah. talking about like? Did you did this thought come after the Gary Payton the second injury? No, no, no. I've been thinking about this for years. Oh, got you, got you. I, I always, I, yeah, I always think when they going up for the left, let them have it, man. You know. And like I said, they should, you know, I think they should do a harsher penalty on that because, you know, it's too easy to get hurt. You know, people be talking about you should fall like this and all that. You don't have enough time to be thinking about how you're going to fall when you up there. You know, and, uh, and one more thing on the NFL, you might not agree with this, but I've been saying for years, man, they should stop guys from, like, tackling or even blocking below the waist because I know the smaller players, it'll be at a big disadvantage, man, but I cringe every time I see somebody, like, tackle those guys around their knees, you know, and go for those blocks. And I, I want to know what you think about that. The only reason I disagree and appreciate the call, Ronald, with that is now you have this issue where you can't have helmet-to-helmet contact even if the person that you're uh, initiating the contact with ducks down to protect himself. So you almost have to go below the waist towards the knee area just to make sure, just to confirm that even when the ball carrier uh, crouches down to protect himself, you're not having any contact with his helmet. So I get what you're saying, but with these rules to protect the head or to at least appear that they're protecting the head, it almost forces defenders to to go below the waist. Because if you aim for the chest, you're going to end up hitting the head. One thing real quick we didn't bring up. Uh, this this came out about a, about a week or two ago. The mm-hmm. NCA came out and said there basically there's nothing they could do. You know, one of the biggest problems with watching college football right now is the up-tempo offenses like Lane Kiffin runs, like Alabama kind of runs a little bit. Oregon, Chip Kelly did it. Is the guys who fall on the ground faking the injury to slow it down. Mm -hmm. The NCAA can't figure out that they basically said, we understand it's a problem, but there's nothing we can do about it. Because there's going to be that one time it's a real injury and you try to penalize them. That's going to be a horrible thing. The two biggest issues, at least on the field product with college football right now, is that and the targeting. And at least the targeting, what they change, the rule they changed with that is, you know how right now or the rule has been, if you get called for targeting in the second half of a game, you get suspended for the first half in the next game. They're going to send that to an appeals committee, and you can appeal, and the appeals committee will decide whether you get to uh, be suspended yeah. for the next. At least it's something. It's, At least it's it's, it's outside horrible. of the automatic. You miss the first half of the next game. But the fact that that was even brought up, and they made that a rule, is horrible. Like I, I hate, hate, hate 
the fact that they have this targeting rule and they're throwing guys out. Devin I'm Wa- okay with, you know what, let's review it and see if it was intentional. Let's see if it should be penalized. But throwing guys out, it, I yeah, I, it, there are times where I've just turned off games, college football games, when they've done that. Devin White. Linebacker for LSU went in the top five to the Bucks, mm-hmm. Top five NFL yeah, pick. Middle linebacker. They're playing Mississippi State, blowing them out in the second half. He comes high on the quarterback. His helmet grazes the, the face mask of the Mississippi State quarterback. He gets ejected for targeting because it's helmet to helmet. And the next game for, for LSU was two weeks later against Alabama. He had to miss the first half of the Alabama game because of that. There, there's That's no, stupid. Just, there's That's no justice in that. Larry, what's going on, Larry? Hey, what's going on, Andy? I got uh, 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 some takes I want to get to, but I got a question for you. So they tell you to, you know, put your money in a 401k, right? And they they tell you, you know, go out and save money so for your retirement and things like that. But they came up with this arbitrary number of 57 years old or 59 and a half years old before you can start taking your money out. And if you take your money out prior to that, they take a 10% penalty from you taking your own money out, and then the government tax you on your money. Can, do, do you have any idea why they do that to people? They use the tax dollars to, for the roads and the infrastructure of this country. Is that what you think they do with it? I don't know. <laughs> it sounds good. I'm, I'm just curious, man, because, you know, people that are, you know, born into to, uh, very small means or whatever. They go out and try to do things right in this country, man. And it seems like it always happens to be they the ones that always get misused and have to go through all these changes when it's their money. If you put $200,000 into a 401k, it shouldn't be a bank in the world that tells you that you can't go get your money when it's your money that you earn. They've already stuck their hands in your paycheck before then, so you should be able to go get the things that you need maybe to be able to take care of your family, be able to send your kids to college, to be able to put some food on the table. So I was just curious about that because that 401 thing seems like another insurance thing to me that gets people ripped off. But here, let me get to some sports tape. You completely threw me off. I thought you were going to tie it into sports. That's why I gave you that bad, uh, that bad answer. But go ahead. No, no, I'll tie it up. Hold on. Um, Monday is. I'm a fan of Monday, and Monday said something real interesting today about you know how different organ, uh, different programs are you know valued higher, like the Alabamas and the big SECs over the. Uh, Alabama states and the Mississippi Valley states and the Alcorns and things like that. And he's absolutely right. They put these grades on these programs because that's all you hear and see on TV. But here's their, here's what I'll disagree with Monday about. There's an exception to every rule because we knew Jerry Rice was a dog when he was at Mississippi Valley State. We knew Steve McNair was a dog when he was at Alcorn. We knew Walter Payton was a, was a dog at Jackson State. So there's exceptions to those rules, but it is subjective when they give out these grades, which is what my whole position has always been about Davis Mills. Everybody wanted to anoint Davis Mills, and we only saw 12 uh, or 11 games of him from high school or whatever, and now all of a sudden, well, it's Davis Mills' world around here. Versus, I got a chance to see, of course, Deshaun Watson playing some high-value games, so I knew he was going to be a success over some dude named Tom Savage. But now, having said all that, 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's amazing to me that we're sitting here having these kind of conversations and about Ryan Tannehill tutoring somebody or mentoring somebody. Why is it that it's always that they don't want to mentor us, but we as a given people, when I say we as black folks, we're always open to mentoring people. People come to us for information. We're willing to share, but they're not willing to return the favor to us. You know why? Because they are born into a world of privilege and selfishness. And when that selfishness manifests itself because they know they're asking to get taken out like Ryan Tannehill going to get taken out by Malik Willis because we know he is a better athlete than Ryan Tannehill, then they start hoarding everything and want to keep everything to themselves because they ass have always been selfish and scary. Malik Willis don't need Ryan Tannehill to teach him a damn thing because you know what? The cream always rises to the top in the hollow. The only thing I'll say there with some of your implications and grouping people, grouping all people together, that's a big mistake because you have guys that look like Ryan Tannehill, like Kurt Warner, who said, no, he should mentor him. So that, that that's the only thing I don't like about grouping uh, folks into just one little pot just because they look like. And I, and I get where you're coming from, but, but you have to be very, very careful when it comes to that. Quick timeout. One more segment to go in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. All right, roll along here. Final segment here on In the Trenches on a Thursday. Indeed, just uh, had to duck out real quick. So I'll have you here for the final segment. Matt Thomas coming your way next at the top of the hour. Jacob's still hanging out with us. 713-212-5790 if you want to squeeze in a quick call. We've been talking about the Ryan Tannehill comments. And I was reading some of the, uh, the public comments from some people like Ryan Clark who said, I see Ryan Tannehill is on his not-my-job-to-mentor energy it's not, but man, it makes you a good teammate. That's basically what a lot of people have been saying. Like, like Kurt Warner said, I'll never understand that mentality. For all you young quarterbacks that need a mentor, DM me. I'll be that guy. Uh, Jeff Schwartz, longtime NFL offensive lineman, said, I appreciate his honesty. Tannehill's job is winning games, but it's nice when veterans go out of their way to mentor young guys. I had mentors at a young as a young player and felt I needed to do the same when I was an older guy. Is this... Jacob, is this more like a quarterback thing? It feels like this is more of a quarterback thing. Yeah. With the old crotchety old quarterback not wanting to mentor the young the young quarterback because only one of them could start. And so the yeah. writing is on the wall. I feel like this is a lot easier with with receivers, right? Like when Andre Johnson's here and DeAndre Hopkins gets drafted, it's easy for him to mentor him because yeah, maybe down the road he'll be the wide receiver number one. But for now, like it doesn't hurt. We can both eat. We can both be productive in an offense. Yeah, it's definitely different, it seems, with other positions. With quarterbacks, there's only one. So, you know, like, if I'm a, if I'm a stud DB and a team drafts a DB in the first round, I'm going to help train him, and guess what? Like, we'll both be good. DB1, DB2, we're both playing. But with a quarterback, yeah, it's – I mean, the yeah, Tannehill must have not been happy when he saw 
they take they're taking Malik Willis because the clock is ticking now. The clock is ticking on how much longer does Ryan Tannehill stay as quarterback one in, in Tennessee, and when does Malik Willis take over? Yeah, you would think that if you're Ryan Tannehill, you're hoping that the Titans draft some offensive you know players, maybe some wide receivers, maybe running back, tight end, something like that. You definitely don't want to see a quarterback being drafted, especially after you know we've already talked about his his playoff performances of late. So he can't help but feel that this is a move by the Titans in in preemptively seeing that maybe he isn't the quarterback they want for the future. They do have it out in his contract after this year too. He's due twenty seven million next year, but they they can get out. It would be about an eighteen million dollar dead cap hit. So I don't know if they'd want to take that on. But there is an out after this year. But more likely, more than likely, what's going to happen is Tannehill's the quarterback this year. Maybe Malik gets in a couple games, gets some a little bit of playing time, and then next year, you know, is 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 where the transition starts to happen. If Tannehill does not take them on a on a playoff run uh, after this season, the clock is ticking, and maybe maybe he's still the starter in twenty twenty three. But at some point, Malik Willis takes over. So as as much as. Ryan probably doesn't appreciate this. It's it's only going to push him. He, he he's going to he he's understanding that you know I'm, my back's against the wall. If I don't if I don't perform, then I'm going to be out of here. So if anything, it's actually going to it may even propel him to really work a little bit harder and 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 try to show the Titans that he could still be their quarterback. Yeah. And again, I was trying to not to be come across as insensitive when you know when Andy was talking about the article that's on ESPN. Uh, Teron Davenport wrote. Uh, you know, he said Tannehill said uh, on on the playoff loss, it's a deep scar. Every time I close my eyes, I kind of rewatch the game. I didn't get a whole lot of sleep for weeks. I was in a dark place, and it took me a while, a lot of work to get out of it. I've worked through it, but therapy, talking to people, time has helped. It took a lot of work to get through it. I, I can sympathize with it. Yeah, you 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 played bad, but again, like. That's why they're paying you as much money as they are for you to be productive in the playoff game. And yeah, it was a terrible game. It was a game where he threw for 220 yards and three interceptions, and several of them were god awful decisions. You know, if Tannehill take one of those interceptions away, the Titans probably beat the Bengals in that game. The Titans are probably, you know, potentially going to the Super Bowl. Uh, instead, it's Joe Burrow and it's Jamar Chase and it's this awesome Cincinnati story. But yeah, I mean, it was on Tannehill. But that's what I, the, the comment I made earlier is like heavy is the crown. Like you, you're getting, you're one of the highest paid players on the Titans. You're expected to play great. Again, I, I would have a little bit more sympathy if this was the rookie wide receiver who dropped the game winning touchdown or the, the rookie kicker. Who you know you make this kick? We're going to the Super Bowl and you miss it. Like, yeah, I sympathize way more with those guys because they're the expectations are not as high. You know, with with Tannehill, you are one of the highest paid players. You are expected to perform, and you didn't that day. And again, I I, I could sympathize with the comments if I was in a I was in a dark place. But also, you're paying you're paid that money to turn the page. And if you really, if it's really serious, if it's man, I had to seek therapy. I was having some dark thoughts. Man, step away, step away. If it is that serious, you got to go step away and go get yourself right because you can't be the leader of this team if that if you're not right mentally. So, again, all this is compounded on the comments of him saying, "I'm not here to mentor 
uh, Malik Willis. All I said is, you know what's a lot easier to say in front of that podium talking with the media? Hey, look, man, as the leader of this team, I'm here to help out anybody. That's the easy way to say it. You, you've got to know by you saying, I'm not here to mentor Malik Willis, even if you don't mean it to sound bad, it's going to be perceived that way. It's going to come across as, look at this jackass. He doesn't even want to help the young kid the young kid that the team just drafted. You're, the, you're one of the highest paid players on the team. You are expected to be a leader. I think that's the case with most of the teams, or the players around this league. If you're one of the top two highest paid players on that team, chances are you are a leader of that team in some way, shape, or form. Ryan Tannehill, you're the leader of that locker room. You're supposed to be the leader and say, I'm here to help anybody I can in any way I can. 713-212-5790. Now, I'm going to go to the phones here. This is a caller, Ryan, calling from College Station. I don't think this is Ryan Tannehill. If it is, it would be a great get. But let's get Ryan in here. Ryan, what's going on, man? Hey, how y'all doing? Good, man. And no, I'm not an Aggie fan anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but at any rate, I just wanted to say, I, I, I was listening to Sean Salisbury. I believe they were talking about it yesterday. <clears throat> I kind of I agree with him, you know, playing sports at a younger age myself and, and being around some guys that I didn't play football, but baseball. To me, I, I think people take it the wrong way, what he said, which is obviously the media is going to construe whatever they can, but is it's not his job. If the kid goes to him, and says, "Hey, man, you want? Can I sit down and watch some video with you, or, or pick your brain?" Now, if he's a clown about it and says, "No, no, man, I ain't doing that. That we're in competition here." Now, then that's on him. But I, I, to me, it's Malik Willis's job to go to him and say, "Hey, I'll, would you help me out here? Show me a couple things." It's not. It's not Tannehill's job to go put his arm around him and say, "Hey, come on." To me, that, that that's that's where I think, in my opinion, that's where it's being misconstrued. Is it, the, if the rookie goes to him and says, "Hey, I want your help," and he doesn't, and he won't give it to him, then that's on him. But I don't think it's his job to go to him. Yeah, I got you, Ryan. Thanks for the call, man. Yeah, right. It's like we said, the writing is on the wall. They drafted Malik Willis to eventually replace Ryan Tannehill. Uh. Dub said on Twitter, are you kidding me about mentoring? If it was me, hey, you park here, restrooms are there, your playbook's in your hand, the coaches and video room is there. No one in their right mind wants to help uh, high-dollar replacements. I, I mean, I get it. But again, if you're the leader of the team, you, behind the scenes, you could tell Malik Willis, I ain't helping you with bleep. But in front of the cameras, in front of the microphone, as the leader of this football team, I'm here to help anybody who needs it. That's what you say. <laughs> right, wrong, or indifferent. That's what you're supposed to say. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of In the Trenches. Andy and I will be back tomorrow. The Matt Thomas Show. Come on your way next right here on Sports Talk 790. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.